The following podcast contains strong language. Hello and welcome back to the Cine Rambles podcast. Only now, we're live! Hopefully. As Hello. long as nothing's gone horrifically Apparently. wrong, which it probably <laughs> has. Um, but this is the first... Nick's... Um... Oh, <laughs> this is the first. Oh, oh God. <laughs> waiting for you to catch up. Uh, as I was saying, this is the first time we've tried this live. There are going to be teething problems. There's going to be connection problems. We'll work through them. Hopefully this will get better with coming weeks. Um, at the moment, there's like a 10 second delay between me saying something and Andy hearing it. So we'll, we'll deal with that as best we can. Yep. Um, it... Oh, oh no. I was, I, I'm worried about interrupting you, but of course it won't be interrupting because you're on a delay. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, Don't worry about it. You just go. I'll you just, just go. go. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is, uh, if we if this episode needs to be shorter because it's just not working, then so be it. But with time, <laughs> we'll get it working. Oh. Uh, but yes, welcome. Yep. Uh, oh, look at my... Okay. Oh? What? <laughs> I'm lagging as all balls on the uh, old stream. Okay. We'll definitely do this from your house next week with your fast boy internet. <laughs> Uh, and fast boy computer with cool yes. rainbow lights. <laughs> yeah, like the absolute nerd you are. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so yeah. the plan is, instead of releasing this, record, pre-recording it, editing it through the week, and releasing it on Friday, as usual, we'll still be releasing this stuff on Friday on the normal platforms, but instead we will be recording it live uh, on Twitch on Wednesday evenings. Um, so it saves us some time, and maybe it'll be more fun. Because uh, emailing is yeah. not fun, but messaging us in the chat, which you can do on Twitch, that's yeah, fun. You can. So if you guys um, want to also, oh, yeah, you say. Uh, I just, just, just a um, brace yourselves. Me and Nick chat a lot of bollocks. Yeah, if, um, <laughs> if you're not familiar with the I podcast, say, it's gonna be a lot of rubbish. <laughs> yeah, but you know. You're gonna now witness unedited the large, large amount of bollocks that me and Nick actually talk. That um, is true. <laughs> You're gonna be seeing a lot. Andy's ums and errs that I normally spend literally hours editing out. <laughs> You're gonna get our weird and tangents. Also, half the time, half the time we don't even talk about films. <laughs> Talk yeah. about books. We talk about other random crap that's got hey, nothing to do with most the of that. Makes it in. At all. Um, that is true. That, that is true. true. But yeah, we'll be doing this fortnightly still for the time being. Uh, if we get into it, maybe we'll go back to doing weekly. But we're both quite busy at the moment, so we'll just see how it goes. Yep. Uh, I, think that's I don't mind doing it weekly. Um, yeah. If you want to try it, I like the momentum. It's fun. Yeah. Mm. Once we're comfortable with every how everything works, I think we can go back to doing weekly probably yeah yeah okay anyway uh let's move on let's move on some news let's get in. yeah so andrew um, uh, we've just got, got some a, before you start Nick, before you oh okay we start i just want to say um okay the thief taker in that has asked you to please remind us of the uh cine rambles email address again please oh the, the email address do people still want that that old thing uh, well, if you insist, uh, yeah, you apparently, defunct, <laughs> no one emails it. Um, uh, go for you, it if you do want to message us, uh, leave us a comment or a review, other things, and you're just too cool for Twitch, 
or Facebook or anything, you can send us an email at cinerambles at gmail.com. And if you stand by in about two minutes' time, I'll say it again, most likely. Yep. Yep, there it is. That's the first meme. On to some news. (laughs) On to some news. Have you got the news, Andrew? Or are you waiting for my news? Which one are we doing first? I'll do my news first. Go on, do your news first. um, You, I know you don't really care about Marvel things at all. And that's fine. Um, However, some exciting news. I think it's exciting. You might not give a fuck, but... uh, Alfred Molino, is that his name? Oh, Um, He has officially reprising his role as Dr. Octopus for Spider-Man 3. Now, is this in the Uh, As well as this rumoured... Yeah, this is in the um, Tom Holland trilogy. Uh, and so it's also rumoured that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are coming back. Which means we're going to have a multiverse thing. Um, and uh, Sam Raimi might be involved somehow because he's doing the new Doctor Strange film. And I think that's really exciting because uh, obviously those films are great. The uh, Raimi films, somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. I mean, I think um, they're better than the Andrew Garfield ones. Better than Far From Home. Yeah. So, I guess by my definition. But then also, Spider-Verse exists, which is objectively the best Spider-Man film. Yeah, I watched that the other day again, and it's it's just so good. So good. It is great. We've discussed that before, and apparently we've got to avoid discussing things we've already talked about. Oh, I'm sorry. When when we like something, we Uh, don't have to discuss it more than once. What is this? The Victorian era. People want want fresh content. Fresh content's overrated. Yeah, we no no stale content's great. You know that stale popcorn I've got? It's still great. And so is hard content on Avatar and Spider Verse and Annihilation. Yeah, yeah. There we go. You mentioned Avatar, which means I mentioned Avatar. So I mentioned all the memes now. Um, Avatar's great. Okay, right. There there we go. There's there's more memes. That's that's the news. Um, it is interesting though you mentioned. No, well. Because in terms of Spider-Man, the whole thing about yep. trying to combine the Andrew Garfield series and the Tobey Maguire series and do a multiverse thing, almost as yeah. if Disney has seen it's because it's because Disney fought <laughs> for this Spider-Man license, they get it, they make Homecoming, which I believe I have not seen, and Far From Home, which is mediocre, and then Sony's like, okay, well we're gonna make Spider-Verse, it's gonna be amazing, <laughs> and then Disney's like, all right then, we'll do our own version, which will almost certainly be yeah. worse. But it's a very clear sort of one-upmanship they're trying to do. It's uh, it's just funny how. To be sort of fair, Sony has Sony has recently been absolutely spanking it with uh, Spider-Man content as well because both. Well, I haven't played the second Spider-Man game, Spider-Man Mars Morales, but I've heard good things about it and it looks amazing. Uh, but the first Spider-Man game from 2018 maybe is uh, genuinely excellent. Um, so they're they're killing it, I think, and obviously Marvel wants to recreate the magic that well, Sony had captured. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how that goes for them. Uh, yeah, I, feel, I don't know. I I mean, I'm uh, a Disney skeptic. Right, you've got news. I've got news. Have I got news? What was my news? Yeah. <laughs> you do have news. Um, have I got news oh, for you? 
I remember my news. Um, so, there was an announcement, I think earlier this week, as in early in the last seven days. I don't think it was this this week. Anyway, this is the shit that normally gets cut when we're not live. <laughs> but, uh, so HBO Max, uh, which is a new HBO streaming platform, is apparently going to have... Uh, so all of yep. Warner Brothers' films for 2021, their big cinema releases, are going to go to yes. HBO Max, I think, simultaneously. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a simultaneous release, isn't it? Yeah. HBO Max and in cinemas. Yeah, so yeah, I think they are still doing it in cinemas, but yeah, they're now going to be available on day one on HBO Max as well. I think for just a, like for one month, and then they'll go off again. But so we're we're seeing mm. some more simultaneous multi-platform releasing coming in, and it's caused a bit of a stir. I know Nolan's upset because Nolan's always upset. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, I think um, as long as it's still in cinemas, that is fine. interesting. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think um, it's just annoying that there's going to be a massive extra, you know, monthly charge for HBO Max, isn't it? Especially as HBO is very um, expensive, like premium, if yeah. you know what I mean. Like they're very sort of gated, aren't they? So wait, do we know that is it going to have the same think, like premiere charge like Disney did with Mulan? Well, I don't know if it's, but I mean more in terms of it's, you know, another monthly charge on top of, of uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime and Disney Plus or whatever, if you want those things. And True. it's it's just adding up. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like. Well, that's the thing, because it's like, well, I mean, because so, obviously the, the parallel is Netflix and Prime are such sort of big established services already. And now that all the streaming services are trying to starting to split yeah. off it's like HBO max have to find a way to make theirs worth buying and to be fair this is sort of a usp so yeah far, having this simultaneous release so i mean it's a it's a good shout i'm still not gonna get hbo max because <laughs> i mean it's not is it yeah in well to yet? be fair a lot of i don't think it is i think it's america only isn't it i don't know because don't sky have all of the uh distribution rights for hbo stuff in the uk Yes, Sky Atlantic certainly shows like Game of Thrones and Chernobyl and stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, and does Now TV as well show it? But I don't know if that's like a. I don't know if Now TV licenses yeah, from Sky true. or HBO directly. Uh, oh, looks like we have some. Uh, I don't know. About that. So we address some of these. God, we've got a question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, most of them are memes. So most of the memes, so... ignore the memes. Sorry, but we appreciate them. Go on, uh, you go. But we have got uh, Georgia <laughs> Georgia Brown one eighty asks, "What do you think about Justice League doing a free part release on HBO Max?" Um, is that Justice League as in the Sh the Schneider cut? I'm assuming so. Or is that fresh hot? Because there hot is because he is releasing the the four hour because I, I don't know the film, isn't it? Yeah, well, I didn't know that was gonna be in three parts. So Which everyone's hyped about, but I'm not because uh, I think that film. We I watched the extended edition, which was like three and a half hours long, um, which showed a bunch more content, and that was sort of okay, but it was still not, you know, good. <laughs> um, Are you saying you don't want to spend four hours of your life uh, watching I just don't think... Batman beat people up in the dark? Yeah, pretty much. 
Oh, wait, no, I might be getting confused with uh, Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, because that also had a, like, a longer cut, didn't it? Yeah, I watched the longer cut of that one, which made it sort of tolerable instead of complete dog shit. Um, and then there is, on top of that, there is uh, the Justice League, which the film is, is awful. Hmm. And then now they're making it awful, but twice as long. Yeah, twice as awful. Great. It's <laughs> <Just> more awful. <laughs> Justice League, I find really fair, funny. I do actually really it's... like... Go on. Oh. <laughs> this delay is causing a, a major problem with communication, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, what I was going to say was, because um, obviously Avengers Assemble came out in 2012 and was this big, absolute, like, storming hit. I mean, Justice League turns up, what? Six years late to the fight, <laughs> and just just gets instantly forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> no one sees it. No one cares. No one brings it up. Ah, uh, poor Snyder. Well, not poor Snyder because he's rich. It's a shame. But... It really is. Film was only well, better. Poor be Snyder because his life like riddled with tragedy. So I think he is a sad man. Is it? Well, I mean, directing BVS is a tragedy, certainly. <laughs> Oh! Whoa! Oh! You roast that that sad, sad poor man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe he has had tragedies. I don't personally know, but um, well, you know, what? if he I has, good on him for making his daughter die. Oh dear! <laughs> well, <laughs> see, this would have been cut because now they feel bad about it. Yeah, this would have been cut to make us look less like ourselves. But now we're live. You can see our true colours. Um, so... Oh, well. Well, are we, are we done on Justice League? Or have we got any more any more kicks to say? Yeah, we done on Justice League. Okay. Yeah. Any any more news? That um, okay. Um, Wonder Woman is coming out before Christmas, which is a surprise, in 2020. Oh, it? It's really... coming out on the 16th of December. Oh, what everywhere? Um, yeah, well, I, I think UK because I got a YouTube advert for it. Ah, the great purveyor of news, YouTube which, ads. Yeah, which I think actually it probably means it's terrible and they're curling it out. Um, you know, pre, you know, during the COVID times, so they can have an excuse as to why it does terribly. It's possible however i would also say um because cer- right so certainly some cinemas opening this week i know our local one is um because lockdown for those who are outside mm. the uk has now been lifted here so we're, we're gearing up for christmas um but i checked our local cinemas uh, re- uh to all the times they have coming up for this month and there is nothing new out like it's all it's all christmas classics and the stuff that was showing beforehand, right. like uh, Pixie and After We Collided and Tenet is somehow silver. But I mean, I guess there's nothing else. Um, but so I can see, actually, yeah. which I mean might go hand in hand with if Wonder Woman is like a steaming turd. But either way, there is nothing on. So if they release it now, people who even might not even care about Wonder Woman will go and see it. Because it's, <laughs> it's just an empty market yeah. waiting to be cornered. Because there's nothing else there. Yeah. Yeah. Um... That's something that's really bad about uh, the Justice League, the Warner Brothers universe, whatever it's called. DC, the DCEU, DCEU. 
Um, their adverts are particularly dreadful. Yeah, the Wonder Woman trailer. In that really they have ab- really bad. Yeah, really, really bad. But also they have so much, so many like really major pivotal spoilers just shown in the adverts every single time, and like every single DCEU movie has like a really major plot point revealed in the trailer and it's just so annoying <laughs> yeah i feel like they're at this rate they're just trying to cater to the fans and be like look it's the it's the character from the comics you can get them even if it's supposed to be like a twist reveal but like we've got to get yeah. in there got to get them in the seats they want they want to see their character <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty dumb um just quickly yeah for twitch chat is our video okay? Because as I'm watching it, it is very jittery and um, I'm very laggy in particular. I just want to ask. Good so question. hopefully next week we can fix these issues. Yeah, I would like to report on my end, the Twitch thing says excellent. I, I beg to differ based on what I can experience, but apparently we're good. And now we wait for the massive delay as chat okay. to react to that. Are we, are we good? It's really big delay and mine is just mine just freezes all the time uh but i don't know what it's what it's like elsewhere anyway continue yeah. continue was i saying something no <laughs> <laughs> i'm hence another moment which would have been good right. yeah, uh, let's move on quickly shall we move on um <laughs> So you've not seen uh, our main film of the week, have you? Which is Mank. No. No? Well, you know what? I'm going to do a brief bit about Mank anyway. Uh, well, I moved house, so... Yeah, alright. Well, okay. some of us have less grown-up things to do, like watch David Fincher films. Uh, so, yeah. Mank... Now, right, before I get on properly with Mank, I've got to address the elephant in the room, which is, you know, there's there's a really snarky, critical quip you can do with this film. Uh, which I think everyone's been trying to avoid, yep. so I'm just going to come out and say it. Mank, it's not Citizen Kane. Thank you, I'm here all week. Oh. Oh, right, I see, because it's about Citizen Kane, isn't it? Yeah. I've got to say, that was really weird doing that joke and so, having like just no reaction because you're on a delay. I'm like, is it funny? <laughs> anyway. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's poor. <laughs> I'll tell you how um, low class my thought was. I thought the joke you were going for was, Mank, that's manky. I mean, that's sort of the point of the joke was I was going one way and then went the other. Because there's a very clear <laughs> there's oh. a very clear one. Anyway, uh, that's not far from the truth. Mank, so, right, so Mank is oh, right. a, a biopic about... Uh, Han- Her- Ooh, what's his first name? Herman Mankiewicz? Song oh. of an H. But the writer... Um, or disputed writer oh. of Citizen Kane, which, you know, continue. classic film. Sorry, were you trying me. to say something? Me. Just go. Sorry, just did, I did. I there's a delay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep talking. I hope it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's interesting. So, for the backstory, is basically uh, Citizen Kane directed and starring Orson Welles, and he supposedly he claims he wrote it but the story is that he got Mankiewicz to write it and then basically stole the credit and sort of fought him for it which in itself isn't a 
bad idea for a film. Unfortunately, Mank the film doesn't really do that at all. Uh, it's it's basically I think the best way to summarize it is it's like the once upon a time in Hollywood, but of Fincher, in the sense that there's just like no plot. This sort of nas- nasal gazing of navel gate navel gazing. Ignore what I was saying. That's not a word. The navel gazing of like old Hollywood. Um, it's just it's basically it's a film of people <coughs> doing <Sorry>. stuff <laughs> in the sort of the worst way. Um, but yeah, so so like normally in a review, I try and people. do some summary plot. Sorry, are you trying to say something? No, continue. No? Okay. Uh, so I try and do a summary of the plot. But the plot is basically, oh, he's trying to write Citizen Kane. Meanwhile, we'll cut to him talking to other famous people in Hollywood of the 30s and 40s. And then cut back to him writing some more of the script. Does what he's writing match up with what he's experiencing? Not really. Uh, is what he's doing outside of writing a script interesting? Not really. Is Orson Welles even in the story for like two minutes? Uh, in fact, the entire conflict about fighting for who wrote it and the writing credit is squeezed into the last like four minutes of the film. And until then, it's li- it feels like it's killing really? time. Yeah. That's the thing. What you'd think would be the major conflict, the point of this story is just not in it. Which is kind yeah. of why I bring it once upon a time in Hollywood. Because it's the same thing. We're just wasting two hours of time and the point is right at the end as an afterthought. And it's I don't know. See, because I was going to get you to watch it so you could discuss it, but you know what? Not worth your time. So you probably got off easily there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. You haven't it, sold it to me, no. uh, to be honest. I mean, it's, I mean, it's going to be a short review because there's honestly not a huge amount to say about it. Everyone just, it's just not nothing really happens in it. But I will sort of conclude with it doesn't feel at all like a Fincher film. And I don't know about you, but I'd consider Fincher is at least somewhat an auteur director. Like, I think there's a very sort of distinctive feel. uh, Twin Peaks? No, that's David Lynch. I get really confused between those two every (laughs) time. I used to. But no, Fincher is Seven and um, Fight Club and Social Network. Uh, Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and and Gone Girl. But you know, just thinking of those films, okay. like a very, there's I'll a very distinctive, it. like, um, like the sort of the, the mood, the sort of there's like a sort of a, a tone and a texture of David Fincher, which you sort of come to expect. But this film just doesn't have it. It does the you know yeah. black and white thing, but it's just not. I don't know. There's just none of this flair in it. It just feels very, very dry and very sort of curmudgeonly and sort of old fashioned. And I know it's an old fact. It's a, it's set in the forties. It's evoking that, but it feels creaky. It feels old, and it's a new film, and like it's, you know, it's not in a good way, in just a sort of a tired way. Um, yeah, like, and there's like, like little to no content. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh well. <laughs> uh, that would be cut. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that would be cut. There we go. I've just remembered. <laughs> Look at us. Broadcast extraordinaires. Oh, but um, I was going to say, if, if it just feels like a film that's completely run out of energy, like from the word go. It just feels so sort of sedated. And like, 
it's it's the film equivalent of an elderly yeah. Saint Bernard lying on the floor, gently dozing. And that's my review of Mank. Oh, oh one cute? last thing. <laughs> Gary Oldman as Mankiewicz is really good. He's because he spends the whole film basically the only thing worth seeing the film for is Gary Oldman doing these like really sort of like witty quips, like sort of very very eloquent sort of extravagant burns on all the sort of people in Hollywood and all the sort of the the tycoons and business giants. That's really interesting. Like there's a scene near the end at a party yeah. with like this the big sort of Rupert Murdoch-ish character of the 40s. I've forgotten his actual name because research. Um, but it's who Susan Cain's based off. But basically he gets drunk at this party and just starts slagging everyone off. And that's probably the highlight scene of the film. Just right. just constant Gary Oldman being a badass. But otherwise, can't recommend. Fair enough. That's um, we've got some more questions. Is it is it Oscar bait? It's... I would... Hmm. I, I resist saying bait, but it's certainly like Oscar bait. Like, I don't think... So, I, I my defining feature for bait is, like, it was made it's solely diet for Oscar awards. bait. Yeah, like, it, if it, I don't think it was made solely for award ceremonies specifically, but I think it, it embodies a lot of the same tropes that Oscar bait would. It feels yeah. like Oscar bait, but I don't think it is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um... Um, are you done with Mank? Have you got anything I want yeah, to add? I mean, I've got. I'm done with it. Would you? This is where I'd ask you for your opinion. But <laughs> okay, oh, no, I'll give you my opinion, Nick. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's well informed because obviously I I watched it. Oh, of course, absolutely. Um, I actually lied earlier. Instead of moving house, uh, I just watched Mank on repeat for of course seventy two hours. You're, you're the world expert on Mank now. Yeah, the leading expert. Yeah. Uh, have you booked um, in that appointment for Mastermind yet? Yeah, uh, next next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Is the series starting already? Wow. Yeah, I'm the on the first episode, actually. Oh, excellent. I'll, I'll, I'll set up my uh, DVR to record that. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. Um, I thought it was... Pretty boring. Oh wow! That's, look at that. Such same opinions. We're so so in sync. Yeah. Um, if you want to hear more about Mank, you can come to uh, my blog where I've written a thirty-three thousand word essay on it that only um, two people will ever read in their life. It's called uh, Binny Campbell's um, at blogspot.com. Oh really? That sounds fascinating. Maybe I'll give that a read. Like the good friend that I am. Don't. No one else. Sorry, Nick. Let's if anyone on. does care about the blog, there's a new post coming soon. <laughs> Not about Mank. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, shall we move on? Let's. Let's let's move on. Uh. Shall we talk about his dark materials? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, before we start this conversation, mm. we are not up to date, as in me and Georgia are not up to date. You're not up to date, no. Um, so, bear that in mind. We'll bear that in mind. So, you're um, one episode behind. But we've both you? read the books. Yeah. Yeah, we're one episode behind, I think. 
um yeah we've mean we've we have both read the books i'm a big fan of the books i actually really like the last one everyone else seems to think it's a bit of a dud it's not great is it (laughs) i enjoyed it okay um it's not the best one no but oh well so there's about five thousand fundamentals we can do from this series alone because uh they have taken it upon themselves to change as much as humanly possible apparently which is strange because like i mean i watched the series the first series first then i've gone and read all three books and i'm coming to season two and i would have said season one was actually pretty close overall like there's a couple of minor divergences we've covered but it's basically there yeah and I mean, even the ones we did cover, as I was shouted at many, many times, and I have yeah. now read um, the Book of Dust Part One. All right. Uh, so the the fundamentals I thought were there are not there in the ser- in the first series. Well, yeah. some of them, um, but in series two, what I reckon has happened. Hmm. Um, is that Philip Pullman was a well, he's an executive producer on the show. He wrote the books. Um, and I think he had a lot more involvement in the first series. And in the second series, he's obviously taken a back seat a bit. Um, and now they've just been like, hey, Philly P, can we mess up your story entirely? And the, he's like, yeah, yeah, dog, you, you do it. <laughs> he's busy writing other books about stuff. Yeah. Can I, I mean, we, we've mentioned before like just i mean i'm not sure we mentioned the podcast we've mentioned between ourselves before like the subtle knife which is the second book that season two is based off is very much it's the shortest book of the series so it's fair enough that and maybe and they did a bunch of it in the first series as well so you, i mean you're not wrong but they actually only did the first chapter of book two in season one they just made it really long so that's that's kind of okay that's that's what gets me is they've they've yeah. made the F, the series shorter. It's only seven essays this time rather than eight, and like they they could easily make it last mm. seven episodes quite easily, or have just reduced the episodes if they're struggling. But no, they they're doing the Game of Thrones thing where they sort of set a number of episodes and then sort of stretch it in whatever direction to make it reach that anyway, instead of just planning it first and then choosing the number of episodes that will take. And I think that's the thing they're just trying yeah. to pad this series out with whatever they can come up with um but shall we get into the specifics yeah 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 go on then um so um do wait before we start before we start before we start what do you think of lin-manuel Marambam as uh lee scoresby because we've got some some stuff is kicking off Oh, yeah, Kicking off in the chat. Seeing the corner of my eye, the um, chat is really like buzzing. <laughs> yeah. So, Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh, 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 I nearly got it wrong. Lin Manuel uh, Miranda. What are my thoughts? Oh. On him? <laughs> um, yeah, your thoughts on him as Lee Scoresby? Um, see, this is interesting because it's because I saw the series one first and then read the books. 
my influence of what I pictured the characters as was, was like inflected by the series anyway. So for me, I feel he's he's really good as Lee Scoresby, but that's because right. he was okay. my introduction to it. So there's some bias there, but I mean, I I think he's he's good as Lee Scoresby. I mm. think he he really fits it. You know, I think he's got the demeanor, he's got the sort of the look, he's got the um, the accent's really good, of course. Why is there is there controversy yeah. about about See, LMM? Yeah, I I don't think he's that good. No. I think he's okay. He's serviceable, but um, one of the best parts of the film, The Golden Compass, was um, the guy who played Lee Scoresby was was like the aeronaut. You know, he looked the part. Um, and I can't remember the actor's name. I could look it up. Research. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he plays other Ron in um. Parks and Recreation. Oh, if anyone cares about that, right. um, good show. But he's so good; he's really, really good, and that's how I pictured him as this older man. Um, because then he's got more of that fatherly figure towards Lyra, rather than Lin Manuel Miranda, who's like, "Oh yeah, so I love her," and it's a little bit weird. Yeah, it's like he met her like one whole time. <laughs> That's a little bit weird. To be fair, in the book, it's a bit like that as well. He's sort of just like, I've met you once, but I love you. <laughs> it's like, okay. Sam <laughs> Elliott like that as well. is the man's name. Oh Sam, oh, Sam Elliott, who's done films I now can't think of, because of course I can't. But he's been, <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, been in a lot of things, though. I, I think he's in Big Lebowski. Possibly. Or maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> IMDb, but I, I'm not opening it up. <laughs> Well, my my computer might shit itself if I try to start. Yeah, any of the he's processes. been in stuff. Yeah, he's 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 been a lot of things, I think. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think he because he's got that almost like um, grandfatherly demeanor about him. I don't know, and he's he's just looks like he really looks the part, and he acts the part, and he's like. This, I don't know if you, what you think about this, but I thought of Lee Scoresby as like, you know, more slow talking, thinks things through, wants to protect and help rather than the Lin Manuel Miranda, the fast talking, smart talking, shoots them up man, you know? Uh, well, I, no, I don't know. I've always pictured him as like, yeah, like a man of action, a sort of like almost like sort of stumbled out yeah. of Western. But again, I've had the the HBO slash BBC interpretation as my starting point, so maybe that's just how it's been instilled in me. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there is quite a good uh, change. Uh, uh, yeah. With, with uh, Lee Scoresby in season two, which is uh, so yeah. they've, they've added a scene. Uh, I guess this is spoilers if anyone's not up to date. Uh, don't know how spoilers are going to work on a live podcast. Screw off to an imaginary time code. Uh, but uh, anyway, there's a warning. Uh, but yeah, there's a scene now where Lee, having been captured, which alone is a change, uh, by the Magisterium, meets with yep. Mrs. Coulter. And they have a nice yep. little chat, which never happens in the book. Uh and not only that, she decides yep. to set him free, which is also very out of character. 
So yes, it is. That's a thing. Also, I've noticed about her character. Hmm. She seems to just randomly appear wherever the script decides she's needed. Yeah, I feel it's not like, like she's traveling around. She just is like, "Oh, I'm here now because there's uh, there's someone I need to intimidate." <laughs> yeah, it seems like they've got Miss Cool to just like all-purpose like sort of plot insulation. <laughs> just anywhere they've got something yeah. fine to fill. Just like just put Mrs. Coulter in there. Just have her do something. I don't know. She's she's got just such a good screen presence. Stick her in there. Why not? Yeah, she's why not? spooky. Let's get her in. I've got actually. I've got an update on my opinion on Ruth Wilson as Miss Coulter, by the way. Um, which is yeah. Go so on. so in the book, there's a there's a big thing about how like Mrs. Coulter has this sort of speaks this sort of um. There's a sort of this not beauty to the way she speaks, but like she basically she has this intoxicating quality to her voice where like she sounds so sort of like sweet and lovely, which is sort of the trap yeah. of her. And I will say, and I'm, I sort of mentioned this before, but Ruth Wilson, as yeah. great as she is as a villain, sounds too evil. <laughs> she never doesn't sound malevolent. She does, doesn't she? Which slightly contradicts yeah. that whole concept. Other than that, she's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Like, Literally, the she moment she's on like screen, like funny, isn't she? Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, the I remember like, the when she walked in the first episode, I was like, "Ah, oh, the villain's here because she's speaking in an evil voice." Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, the the chat is literally about I don't know five ten minutes behind. Oh man, is it that bad? Just by the way. <laughs> Okay. It's pretty bad. Uh, we'll we'll do this at your house next week with your fifth yeah, internet connection. That's fine. Uh, how are we doing for time? Actually, Big boy internet. Hopefully. Uh, well, have we got anything else uh, to say? We've got twenty about minutes left. His dark materials. Well, there's a bunch of random, you know, bits they've added in, and you know, um, taken. Well, they haven't taken anything out. They've just added a bunch of random crap, haven't they? Yes, I think yeah, everything's still in there that was in the book. Oh, the other big thing is they've just um, so the Magic Gym just randomly firebombed all the witches for no apparent reason. I mean, it's oh, not, yeah. not in character, it's completely random. Literally doesn't happen in the books, and it's this massive, massive plot point that's just there to fill time. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I guess it's to establish the Magisterium as more of a threat early on, but. Also, they're doing this weird thing. Um, well, you know, they're, they're doing this thing about having um, the new cardinal be elected. And it's like, yes. oh, the bald bloke wants to be the new cardinal. Which also is definitely not in the, um, the books. But it's it's making him weirdly, like, sympathetic in a way. Because it's like, oh, it's trying to make you, like, want him to be the cardinal. But isn't he technically supposed to be, like, one of the main bad guys? Yeah. It's like, why are you wanting us to root for him <laughs> and it's like you're not supposed to like the other guy who wants to be the cardinal because he's a dick it's like isn't this cardinal also yeah, a we're, dick we're splitting the dicks the here <laughs> we are splitting the dicks and there's our episode title ladies and gentlemen <laughs> actually, well, that okay. bring me on to um, a, a more fundamentally fundamental actually um which was in first episode, maybe second episode. Um, but so, in the books, one of the witches is captured by the Magisterium and tortured for information. 
uh, and Seraphina Pekua, yeah. like the lead witch, has to go and assassinate her, so spare her from the torture and save the information. The series does this as well, but also she just goes on a killing spree. I mean, to be fair, Ruta Scardi's there as well for some reason, but they just go on a killing spree and murder the the cardinal of the Magisterium, which is a big deal because yeah. I think a big part of the in the book was they didn't ever actively antagonize Magisterium. They just existed, only meddling in their own affairs. And, you know, yeah. Magisterium doesn't stand for that. But now they've actively, like, fought against them and, like, killed their leader. Like, I mean, you can't blame them for t- fighting back. But it's like, oh, no, they firebombed our land. Yeah. Like, well, it's very, yeah. very weird. But this is, yeah, you did assassinate like, their leader. Yeah. I think this is the weird thing is there's a lot of changes which don't don't need to be changed. We're fine as they are, but seem to have been done to pad out the run runtime, but at the expense of the sort of the point of the characters and lore and just general story. Uh, and it's one of those from this most recent episode, yeah. which we won't mention because you and George aren't technically up to date yet. But which you won't, yes, don't yeah. talk about please. No. But there's more of that in there, and that particularly irked me. But we'll talk about that another time. Oh. Another I wonder how they're going to little little people. Oh, the Galavespians. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Galavespians. I'm guessing they'll just shoot them on the green screen and then like just like scale them down and overlay them on the image. <laughs> Probably. There's a lot of stuff in the last book that works very well literally. literally yeah. um, that is going to look really fucking weird on, um, on screen. Does somebody say Malefa? Yeah, yeah. That all of Mary Malone's story in the um, third book is just going to look super weird. Yeah. Uh, there was actually something I was going to say about uh, the cave. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, so the cave being the the big supercomputer Mary has that talks to dust. Uh, so yes, there's a whole thing, and it is in the series about like. Uh, the whole dark matter research thing is desperately underfunded. There's only two of us and we need all the money. Yeah. And then they've got a massive fucking James Bond supercomputer in their lab which, like, in yeah. this like giant like SCP container. And it's like, what? <laughs> How are you well, that's the thing, that? like, what? I mean, I know it doesn't ever explicitly say when it's set in the book, mm. but I was pitching it being set in like the, you know, 50s, 60s. Um, which is why that like this computer was such a big deal because they were like you know the huge machines that have those absolute massive reels that are only like four megabytes of of data yeah. or whatever and I, that's what I was picturing in my head with this like huge ancient computer and like why they're running out of money is because they're not getting any results and this thing is so massive and enormous and it takes so long to do anything it's like and that's why i was two watts in my head. of power a day the... and they just can't stand it <laughs> yeah. um so like obviously then the problem of them having it set in now sort of even though paddington was in the cinema which yeah which yeah, is weird because it's, it's present day but not actually present day and it seems like a really arbitrary point to drive it at but i don't know yeah um, it's you know it, it, everything looks too modern. I don't know. I don't, uh. hmm. See, I thought I sort of assumed Will's uh, London or Oxford even 
was based in the time the book was written, which was like late nineties. Um, but so I I read yeah, the, the, the cave as being basically just like jewelry rigged, like just scrap of electronics on a desk. Like someone just like got a load of like old ninety circuit boards and just like jammed them together and attached a monitor like, and just you know this, this mess of cables on a desk somewhere and it was all very sort of hodgepodge. Mm. So to have this like slick clean sort of silver machine and this like impenetrable glass chamber it seems very incongruous to that. Because uh, also she so like yeah, and they uh, only show it like two times. The rest of it's just on this little monitor. <laughs> yeah. Also, well, this is this is another smaller change, and one that maybe is more justified. Um, but in the in the book, Mary has to go and write a program which translates um, the cave's output into like text, which she somehow programs in the space of a night. Let alone, how does she do that at all without any yeah. like understanding? But she she's done that in a night. That's fine. It's not like programming takes absolutely ages or anything. Uh, but in the series, it just sort of talks to her with 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 voice even when she's not wearing the little things on her head yeah she just, just says stuff which i don't know how to feel about that all right i don't know um should we move on because we've Let's slagged it on. off for quite yeah. a while <laughs> this has just turned into us just like talking about hdm um, it's not even a fundamental at this point <laughs> uh We've had a couple of things. Um, have you? Do, do you watch Big Mouth? Uh, no, because it. Well, I don't know. No, okay. Series four is out. Yeah, I um, didn't realize it was a series okay. three. Oh wow! Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, it is. I mean, it's okay. Big Mouth is sometimes very funny, but so much of it is just like disgusting for the sake of being as disgusting as possible that it's sort of like uh. <laughs> yeah yeah it never really appeals I can to me find it much. sometimes a bit of a slog to get through but you're watching anyway and you enjoy it yeah well yeah sometimes it's got it's got the occasional laugh out loud moment like there are some very funny lines hmm Oh, sorry, I thought it was going to be more to that sentence. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a but. <laughs> Something. That's the, sorry, your, your connection is really, really bad. Oh, oh, was that just our connection? Okay. <laughs> this has probably been an absolute ordeal to listen to. I do apologize. I was waiting for your reply. And was... Oh, sorry. I got up yeah. to... Um, it does oh, have well. some funny moments. I mean, pregnant pause. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Right. Well, um, <laughs> just for the last ten minutes. Yeah, that was your review of Big Mouth season four. Um, I'm gonna give, <laughs> give. Yep, that was that was well because <laughs> we've it. only seen like two or three episodes of it, okay. so yeah. Um, right. So moving moving on slightly, I've been watching. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Complete mouthful. <laughs> yes. Finally. And Nick's got a full-on throbbing big boner. I'm getting the meme subfold already. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've had got to go through and be like, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. He's not there yet. There's a there's a lot of memes from like sort of episode seven or eight onwards. 
but yeah, I I am very much looking forward to yeah. your reaction to the series. I almost kind of want you to do like a sort of a vlog think... of you going through it and just see your reaction change. <laughs> I think again, not that you overhyped, you overhyped its weirdness to me. I was expecting it to just be like mind-numbingly insane to the point where I didn't understand what the fuck was happening, which I'm sure later on it might be like that. <laughs> but at the moment, I'm following it perfectly fine, and I oh, think yeah. it's very good. And you, you were like, "Oh my god, you're, you, it's just so weird." <laughs> I will say so. I like, say, well, maybe it will get weird eventually. Yeah. The first thirteen the moment, episodes fine, are relatively sober. Then from about 14 onwards, it just shifts gear and gets really weird. And then from, like, episode 20, it gets even weirder. So, I you'll, you'll cool. come to see what I was talking about eventually. <laughs> okay. Because the, well, the weirdest part it. about it is the, um, the very, very, very questionable, uh, like... I don't know, sexual politics of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a thing um, which has actually been in the news recently about because Japan's age of consent is 13, which I think is why a lot of their sort of teenage slash young adult media has that weirdly sexualized quality. Because over there, it's yeah. technically okay, even though it really shouldn't be. But yeah. it doesn't excuse it. But I mean, it's, it's worth well, I mean, That's it's, weird, isn't it? Yeah. But it's context something... worth keeping in mind, I guess. Yeah, there's just something so inherently Japanese about the the uh, over sexualization of of every female character in it, but in such a weird way as well. And it's it's just like the whole you know the whole giant angels and um, you know robots battling each other to the death, and this city that shifts up up and underground, and all this really yeah. weird wacky stuff. It's fine. It's the what? How old is she? Like twenty, thirty year old woman? Like yeah, mid twenties. I think bugging after a fourteen year old boy is just very strange. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> On the other hand, um... and also there's the, the classic um, anime boob touch which they do in every anime I've seen, which is not admittedly not very many, but it's happened. Did everyone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't defend that. It's just, it's, it's just like, yeah. It's just like, why is this here? It's just why. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. So for the viewers at home, Andy, you just done episode five, haven't you? Yeah, I've just yeah. finished episode five. So. It's early days. I don't know if any of our viewers have actually seen Evangelion, but well, I think yeah, we should no, check in it's with very, you. Very um, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe next week I will have yeah. watched a bit more because I'm I'm watching it on my lunch break at the moment as yeah. I have to hide my phone in my car so no one else watches. <laughs> you know, views what I'm seeing. Yeah, <laughs> it's so like... weird. That's wise. <laughs> but um. I do have yeah. to hide it because it's. Um, I don't want anyone else seeing what I'm watching. It's a shame because as I was saying to you the other day, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but you, I can't say it until you actually get to a stage where you can talk about it. Well, yeah, I think, next, maybe next week or yeah. the week after. Once I've 
maybe finish the series, we yeah. can um, come revisit it because there is. I I can guarantee there's going to be a lot to talk about because I I, yeah. I know. Even now, there's stuff I want to talk about. Yeah, I think definitely once you finish it, I think we can have like easily have a massive like almost like whole special episode dedicated to discussing the various things in Evangelion. Yeah. Um, because you love it, don't you? Because you like how I um, do yeah. It's heavily influenced you and basically everything it felt made. Well, well, it has. It's just like lots of little things. It's all like it's like you know, like the editing style. Like it's got a very specific sort of way it moves from shot to shot. The way it oh, lingers. Well, on something things. I did want to mention. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the the the, the editing style is so odd. I think, especially yeah. what it's how action packed some of the episodes are. Mm. Especially the episode four, as we've discussed, is is the very very slow paced episode. Yes. But there's a bit like at the end of episode four where they're at a train station and they're literally just two characters staring at each other on screen for maybe I don't know a minute. Yeah, it's like a minute. Just minute dead half. screen time. Yeah, there are several. And it's just so weird. I was like, has it, is it broken? Has it no. frozen? What's happened? There are several very famous, some of the most famous shots in all of Evangelion are some of those. Like, they're quite frequent. They'll have, they'll just hold on a static frame for a minute, minute and a half. Um, we'll talk I, about I, some I of those. I do really like it because some of them are quite pivotal. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's very good at setting the, um, the tone and. Yeah but it also gives you this other perspective it's not like breakneck speed it's yeah. the the day-to-day life of this one boy and how you know most of the time there is just nothing going on yeah um and Plus i quite also, like that most of these it's very cleverly are, constructed yeah like most of those long uh shots are generally like on a moment of like an emotionally pivotal moment in the story or in someone's arc um I think a lot of the time, it, just having it freeze on lets you really like drink in the full scale of what's going on in their head and the sort of the situation they're in, which I like. It's a very sort of yeah. internal kind of drama, really. Like it's a lot of it's about sort of um, psychology and how the characters behave with themselves and with each other and all their internal neuroses. <laughs> yeah. I will say, um, I, uh, you... yeah, it's interesting because. Oh yeah, oh. there you go. Oh wait, oh. <laughs> what are you gonna say? No, don't worry. Continue, Dick, please. No, all, all I was gonna say was, if you like Akira, which I know you do, then you should like Evangelion because I think it's it's similarish. Yeah. But yeah, you you say what you're gonna say. I do like Akira. Well, I was just gonna say I like that it's a. Um the look of you know it's a completely normal person thrust in a, into an extraordinary situation yeah um and how they deal with that rather than the usual anime thing of an extraordinary person and their extraordinary adventures and like yeah you know compared to a lot of other animes it's like watch this incredibly overpowered person do incredibly overpowered things and inevitably win every single fight and whatever that they do this is watch this very normal person struggle through their life and desperately try not to die. <laughs> yeah, and critically, and I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but not doesn't always succeed either. And even when he does succeed, it's often at a cost. Yeah, and at some sort of emotional or physical trauma. Um. Yeah, and like very, I mean, 
very mild spoilers, I guess. Yeah, very, very early on. Um, I think it's like just after the first time he's gone in the the Ava, which is the giant robot. Yeah. Um, he hears from his like schoolmates, like one of them, his little sister was caught in the rubble from the fight, and it's like he isn't this massive hero because there's so much collateral damage every time he goes and fights. Yeah. But it's like, I just think that's very interesting. He's not deified, really. He's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I think it's that, that sort of the weight of that kind of real human drama combined with the sort of the massive kaiju mecha action and like actually examining it. That's what makes Evangelion yeah. so engrossing as a concept. Yeah. Uh, it's very um, like surprisingly muted as well. In what sense? And I'm, I'm guessing that's going to get bigger, and bigger as the uh, you know the um, stakes mount and everything. <laughs> but at the moment, it's just very muted. You don't get very many of these intense action scenes, and even when you do, they're normally over very quickly, and they don't last very long. Um, yeah, it's just very muted in its tone, and I just it's just completely different from loads of different animes that I've seen. I just think it's very good. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to watching the rest of it. Great, I'm looking for. I might have to rewatch it alongside you, just because all this talk of it makes me want to watch it again. <laughs> I was planning another watch through. Oh, important question. What, what other animes have you seen? What animes have I seen? Oh, okay. Sorry, um, go on. No. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say. We both asked a question at the same time. This, this delay's oh, not no. very. I was only going to say, um, are you watching dubbed or subbed? I am watching dubbed. Okay. Which is, I mean, so I've I've sampled the Netflix yep. dub. Um, <laughs> as far as dubs goes, it's fine. But the problem is because I've only yeah. ever seen it subbed. So listening to the dubbed sounds really weird. But um, yeah, just before I check. Uh, what animes have I seen then? Uh, yeah. In terms of series, not as many as one might expect. I've seen Death Note. I've seen most of Cowboy Bebop. I've seen the first season of Attack on Titan. That's about it. Besides that, it's mainly like Studio Ghibli films. Um, oh, I've seen Elf okay. and Lied, but that's fucking weird and not great. It's like Akira, but more sexual <laughs> and gross. Uh, <laughs> okay. But yeah, what's your anime experience? So I've seen... Um, so the, my biggest problem with anime is that... Well, a lot of anime is that the series are like, oh yes, this is an anime, and the for series, series one is 362 episodes long. Yeah. Series two is 1,954 episodes long. And um, good luck keeping up. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, like one so piece I've watched got like thousands of episodes doesn't it yeah like yeah i've watched some of one piece i've watched some of uh sword art online which is actually Ooh. pretty good okay um what else have i watched anime wise i have seen akira obviously i don't watch very much anime um no. I watched, I don't know if this counts, but Digimon, because that was great. <laughs> was that made in, I suppose it was Japanese, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know if that counts. 
anyway. Yeah. It's it, uh, Digimon was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's pretty great. Was it as good as Pokemon um, though? I say no. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty mad. They're just like, what if we did Pokemon but stuck guns on everything? Do they have guns in Digimon? <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. All of them have guns. There's a bunny with machine guns for arms. Oh. <laughs> so I assumed it was just Pokemon, but they're all just computer programs. So basically just all Porygon in different shapes. No. It's no. like... Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like... that. It's an actual video game inside the uh, the universe as well. And then you know, for some reason, these they they like come to life or whatever, and they get to then fight with them, and they get chosen, and you know whatever, and then they go on this mad massive journey, and they get digitized into this world. This is what I can remember. It's very loose. Yeah. And then they've got like this mega evolution, or, or oh, digivolution as they call that's, it, that's been ripped off. where they bond with them. They bond with their Digimon to become like this mega, mega Digimon. It's pretty cool. Oh, like Power Rangers. More, well, more like Evo, um, more like Neon Gen- Neon Genesis Evangelion, oh, where they, they like bond the pod with their uh... syncrate at 100%. well, not quite like that, but they do this. Oh yeah. Oh, and George has mentioned um, pa- pa- paprika. Oh, have you seen paprika? <laughs> I know that paprika. I don't know if you've seen that. I Me and George watched a, that. It was a it's while very ago. Good. Well, it's very I, weird. Yeah, it's very weird. That's that's cusping on the edge of slightly too weird for me. In the sense, I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I didn't hate it, but I'm not a massive fan of paprika. You know, I, I watched that like five years ago. Hmm. It, it didn't Nolan take a lot of inspiration from Paprika. Supposedly, Paprika Inception is put based it in. heavily on it. Although I don't. Yeah, besides, besides the going to people's yeah. rooms stuff, I don't see other than that how it comes because I think Inception like, is a lot visually more visually as well. A lot of visual elements. Mate, Paprika's all over the place though. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like he's got the um, bit with the glass. Oh yeah, shattering, and it's like this giant mirror that's shattering. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there's this other bit, this the shot, like this square shot of something. Um, he took takes like a lot of visual inspiration directly from Paprika as well. Is that you gonna say Paprika um, from now on? <laughs> well, that's how they, they say it. Paprika. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right, Nick. It's right, it is nine o'clock. Nine. We should probably um, right. I'll I'll cue up Wrap the exit up. music. Yeah. I've got a bit of about um, Digimon there that I didn't expect to. Yeah, that's that, fine. I didn't think that was going to happen either, but uh, there it is. Uh, so, you've been listening to the Cine Rambles podcast with me, Nick, and me, Andrew. Uh, for updates on the Cine Rambles blog and podcast, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash official. Oh, and um, Twitter. Uh, uh, yeah, um, follow us on Twitter at Cinerambles. <laughs> yeah. 
you can watch us live every other Wednesday at 8pm on twitch.tv slash cinerambles. That's that. Right. Going live is going really well, I've got to say. Do bear on us. It will get better once we get used to this. It's all a bit weird. Um, and you can catch up uh, all, on all the good podcasting apps on Friday and YouTube, which isn't a podcasting app, but it will be there. Um, and yeah, well, send us an email at cityrambles at gmail.com if you want. Hey, get it, got it in. Yeah, just about. And goodbye. Goodbye.